Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome into another edition of the Michigan Football Post Game Reaction Podcast here on Maze and Brew. I'm team site producer and managing editor Anthony Broom. Uh, here to recap and kind of go over some of the takeaways from a 42-25 to 25 Michigan win over Illinois on Saturday. So we'll just kind of get into the game recap uh, before we get into what some of my bigger takeaways were because I'll be honest, um, I'll just save it. So, all right, Michigan football roars out to a 28-0 lead. Everything's fine and good for the most part. You know, they're, they're still leaving some plays out on the field, but it's Illinois. It's a team that is... A few, a, a bit more competently coached than Rutgers is, a little bit more talented than Rutgers is, but just about as bad as Rutgers is in a lot of ways. And um, you know, to to go up 28-0 in the first half, they would win 42 to 25. Michigan moves to five and one on the year, three and one in the Big Ten. You get out to a 28-0 lead, and then things start to get dicey a little bit. Uh, the Illini scored 25 straight points, which is not something I thought they were capable of. Certainly not something I thought the Michigan defense was capable of letting happen. But when your offense leaves your defense out on the field, things can snowball like that. So let me just start out by saying this. Before we get into like the brunt of the takeaways and things like that, I think that when you look at this performance, first of all, in a lot of ways, it's nice to be able to go on the road in the Big Ten. Win pretty thoroughly. It wasn't really... I mean, I, I, you can say it wasn't as close as the score would indicate, but you know, Illinois was able to get this thing down to three points at one point. So I guess it sort of was, but really for three quarters of football on the road, I thought that this Michigan team played 
pretty well. Outside of you know the end of the first half, and that seemed like that kind of snowballed. You let the foot, you let your foot off the gas. It kind of snowballed into some problems there in the second half. I think that you should be happy with a win because for a while there it was looking dicey. It gets down to three, and even when it was down to three, you still sort of feel like the game wasn't completely in doubt. But you certainly weren't feeling all that confident that it. Uh, that Michigan could close this out, and it was kind of starting to feel like one of those, you know, wins circa 2009-2010, something like that. Let me just say this. Hats off to Michigan. Things got a little bit dicey for them. They were able to fight back, make enough plays to win a game on the road. That said, I don't... If there's a way for this team to make it hard on themselves, they find a way to do it almost every single time, especially on the road. Now, road wins are hard to get in this conference. But against Illinois, I mean, you know, it's, it's a mausoleum there. It's not like you're going to Camp Randall where, you know, Michigan State is arguably getting routed worse than you were there as we record this podcast here. So hats off for the win. Uh, I, there, There's positives there. 200-yard rushers, the first time they've done that since the Minnesota game in 2017. Zach Charbonnet, Hassan Haskins. Looks like you have a pretty decent one-two punch there. You'd like to be able to hold on to the football a little bit more. Sloppy plays again. Three fumbles today. I believe that's 17 on the season. I think they've lost eight or nine of them. That's unacceptable. In the vacuum of a game, fumbling problem's fine, but happens that much, and Shea Patterson had another one. It, it just it can't happen. So as we talk about this game here, I think you'd feel you'd be justified in, in feeling underwhelmed with what you saw on Saturday. Slightly embarrassed even. You know, even it was pretty good outside of a quarter of football. You did what you were supposed to do against a bad football team. That said, you're up 28-7 at the half. It probably could have been 42-0. And we'll get into... I'm going to go kind of bullet point by bullet point with um, with some of the takes here as opposed to the, the more overarching kind of takeaways we've tend to have here in the past. This football team, it, they're still learning how to get out of their own way, especially offensively. So towards the end of that first half, Zach Charbonnet um, coughs up the football near midfield. Uh, Michigan started that from, I believe, their own one-yard line. Looked like they were going to go to score. They were just kind of knocking on the door, getting past midfield there. From there, foot comes off the gas. Illinois goes down, scores, um, makes it 28-7. to Michigan comes back, and something I didn't like that they did, um, go conservative on offense. Had three timeouts. I know it was windy there, but um, you're playing against another team full of traffic cones today. Could work on some things, especially your two-minute drill. And they just they they seemed content to not do that. And you let your foot off the gas, and you let a team, bad team or not, back into a football game. You come out of the locker room in the second half with two three and outs. Shea Patterson seemed determined to fumble the ball, to throw an interception. He didn't. 
somehow Shea Patterson was turnover free again on Saturday. But, you know, the two three and outs, a true Wilson fumble. That's what Illinois used to kind of spark that 25-0 scoring run. So I think this group, that they deserve credit for waking up, especially when things got to a three-point deficit. They were on their heels a bit. I think that defense was a little bit tired. Um, you know, how appropriate that uh, Matt Robinson, the, who was the quarterback, Brandon Peters, did not play for Illinois on Saturday. Matt Robinson comes in, nephew of former Michigan defensive coordinator Greg Robinson, and at times in that game made that look like a Greg Robinson defense. So credit to Michigan for waking up. Uh, it never should have gotten to that point. Not against this team. Not against a team who's a few ticks above being how, as bad as Rutgers is. Not a team that lost to Eastern Michigan. So I give them credit for making enough plays. But if you're if right now you're sitting here disappointed heading into a night game next week at Penn State, I can't say I really blame you. You have every right to be. I will stop short of calling this a poorly coached football team. I think they are competently coached in a lot of areas, but they're lacking in a lot of areas as well. And it's certainly not a coaching staff right now. Jim Harbaugh, across the board, Don Brown, you know, just across the board, Josh Gaddis, they're all in it. I don't don't know if these guys have the recipe to go on the road. And, you know, whether we think Penn State is good or not, I mean, we're recording before they go on the road and play at Iowa, but it seems kind of irrelevant. You're going into a tough atmosphere next week to play in a whiteout game. So I'm not sure. I mean, I think you're an eight and four football team right now. This was an eight and four type performance. Iowa was an eight and four type of performance. Army, Middle Tennessee, eight and four type of performances. That's what you are. Do I think they'll win in Happy Valley next week? I don't. Do I think they could beat Notre Dame and Ohio State? I don't. Am I confident that Michigan State can't come into Michigan Stadium and beat and beat this Michigan team? I actually kind of am because this this Michigan State team is garbage. And Mark D'Antonio is on his last legs there. I I don't know what else to tell you that you don't already know. Your eyeballs say that this is a 7 or 8 win football team. My eyeballs see that. My eyeballs see that there's a bit of a quarterback problem. My eyeballs see that uh, this team isn't getting its offensive playmakers the football. The thing that keeps holding Michigan back from realizing its full potential is Michigan. For three quarters, you played dominant football. At some point, your foot came off the gas, and it's hard to get that back, but you did. And I think that's the biggest positive of the day where, you know, when things started to go south, that it didn't complete the full 180. You were able to get yourself back on track. It's not something I think this team would have capable of a month ago. So at the end of the day, I mean, 489 yards of offense, you'll take that. 200-yard rushers, Zach Charbonnet, Hassan Haskins, you'll take that. 
still left some opportunities out there. You can't mis- make mistakes like the fumbles, and you can't leave big plays on the field in, in what is one of the toughest environments in college football next week. You just can't. They might figure that out at some point. I I don't know, though. We're going to get into the some of the bullet point stuff here uh, in a minute. Uh, but first, we're going to take a quick commercial break before we get into the nitty gritties, if you will. So we'll be back right here on Maze and Brew. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Welcome back into the Michigan Football Illinois Reaction uh, podcast here. I am Anthony Broom flying solo today. So I kind of give you some overall thoughts on the game. Uh, Now I want to get into kind of more my bullet point takeaways here. And the biggest one is the one that I think, again, is is the uh, the siren song of the Michigan fan base, so to speak, and that's the quarterback situation. Like a lot of you guys, I mean, I'll be honest, I was ready. I, I'm ready to see what life after Shea Patterson looks like, especially when you know coming out of. I think your lack of the willingness to do a. You know, one of those aggressive two-minute drills at the end of the half is because you're afraid to make a mistake. You don't trust your quarterback. And then you come out in the second half, and you're just flat. You're just flatter than um, what whoever the player was that Jalen Mayfield destroyed uh, in the first half, a pancake. Now, Shea Patterson, at one point, I, I think he was 7 for 10 at, at one point in the first half. Finished today 11 for 22, 194 yards, three touchdowns, a lot of underthrown balls, uh, a lot of questionable reads, and generally just sloppy again, just unsure of himself. You know, it's just not good. And I give him credit for, I'll say this, I was ready for them to make the switch. There was, you know, Dylan McCaffrey was back this week. We thought they had turned the page to him in that Wisconsin game. But obviously, you know, you have a guy who just comes back from a concussion. He's going to need a little bit of time. But at some point today, I thought we would see a call to the bullpen. We didn't. Now, if you were going to make the switch in this game, it probably would have been after that drive. And I'm not saying even just a full switch. Just see what the other eye can do. I keep I keep seeing people say, you know, it's not just the quarterback, but... At some point, you have to make, excuse me, you have to make an effort to change one of the variables. 
What is the definition of insanity again? Doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. So I thought sometime in that third quarter was when it was going to be time to make a switch. They went back to him. And it turned out to actually maybe be the right decision. Fourth quarter, Patterson on, on a scoring drive that, you know, after Illinois gets it to, uh, I keep saying Illinois, Illinois, it, it's just a, it's like you're in the Midwest and say Myers. Sorry, it's a bad habit. There's that drive in the fourth quarter where, you know, 70 of the 70, 79 yards on the scoring drive were picked up by Patterson through the air on the ground. Clutch fourth and two on a run in the end zone, or in the red zone, I should say. And the one-yard touchdown uh, off the the Carlo Kemp interception, fumble, whatever it was. So I think that there were there were really a couple, two drives in particular in this game. Uh, one of them was in, I think it was the third touchdown drive, or no, it was the fourth touchdown drive of the first half. And then that touchdown drive to go back up 35-25, where I was like, you know what? Those are two pretty good drives. And if we're going to criticize him for being bad, you have to take your hat off to him when he plays well. And I thought um, today was, you know, he was 11 for 22. It was a bit of good, a bit of bad. I think this staff is making it pretty clear that they're going to ride Patterson until they can't justify doing it anymore. And when is that going to happen? I mean, it might be when they lose another game. It might be when the bottom falls off. I say when, but maybe it's more of an if. I know the accuracy. I'm not going to put a ton of stock into that um, on a windy day when it looked like, you know, Michigan ran the ball 45 times. I believe that was the final number. You know, that can hinder your accuracy a bit. He made enough plays to get them up early and then made plays late to make sure it was too much for Illinois to overcome. If they were going to make the switch to McCaffrey or even Joe Milton, maybe. It would have been early in the third quarter. But once Illinois got this to within three points, it seemed like they were forced to kind of wait to see if the bottom was going to fall out. And it didn't. And he played well enough down the stretch. Now, where there was the fourth down late where he got stuffed, Shea Patterson did, uh, where Michigan got stuffed at the line. And I'd have to go back and watch, but it was pretty clearly a, a, a pull read. And he hands it off and you know, right into the teeth of a defense. We're seven weeks into the season. We're, you know, they've had four weeks or five weeks of camp on top of that. They had spring football. If you don't know by now, and the teams you have coming up on your schedule, it's not just going to magically click like they seem to think it's going to. I'm sorry, it's just not. So, Shea Patterson's going to be your guy at Penn State unless he gets injured or or unless he's bad. And, And I fear if he's bad at Penn State... The game will be too out of reach for you to uh, to make anything of it anyways. I think your defense will give you a chance to win to, to make that game interesting. And make all these games interesting. Offensively, I just don't know. Offensively in general, uh, I know almost 500 yards of total offense. Um, I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock in that just because... You know, I, I, Rutgers was 98th in the nation defensively, and Illinois was 96th, I believe, coming into this game. 
Michigan got most most everything they wanted throughout the entire, you know, most of the game, 75% of the game. The Illini made an adjustment, and it took, I guess, the more concerning thing is that they made an adjustment, but Michigan, it took Michigan almost a full quarter to adjust back to that. I mean, it's still it's still baffling to me that they can't scheme up a way to get Donovan Peoples-Jones the football. Nico Collins didn't play, but uh, Tariq Black, not a whole lot of run from him. Ronnie Bell, I mean, you want to talk about something they can build off of. The, the quick game the quick passing game the quick slants to to Ronnie Bell that's something I'm circling in the playbook I'd like to see that with more of those guys because I think Donovan Peoples you know if Nico Collins and Tariq Black are more of your jump ball guys I think that Donovan Peoples Jones can while he's not as fast as Ronnie Bell I think he can do a lot of the same things I don't get why that's not a bigger part of their uh, of their offensive playbook and I also don't get uh, you know where, where's the where's the, where's the screen game at all? I don't know. It's just yeah, you racked up a bunch of yards against a bad defense that that wants nothing that they wanted nothing to do with tackling and nothing to do with contact. So yeah, good job overall. And they sputtered out in the third quarter. That was concerning, but again, would like to see a quarterback switch there and even. Now, who knows? You switch quarterbacks, maybe you get a bit of a spark. This game never winds up being as close as it want, as it was. I'm really trying not to be part of like the quarterback controversy hive that I've railed against the last year and a half. But when I see the same mistakes happening over and over and over every week, I can't help but feel like the this offense, whatever motioning my hands everywhere whatever this is might have reached its ceiling under Shea Patterson it's not a, we talk we talk all off season or they talk about how he was uh you know making all these plays and practice and doing Shea things this offense whatever it's supposed to be was set up for him to be a star and now they're just asking him to manage football games It's disappointing, to say the least. Defense, um, you know, fair share of issues. I'm not going to go into it too much with them. Um, you know, a running quarterback gave him problems in Matt Robinson a little bit. Uh, Illinois, I'm not even going to attempt to say the guy's name. Imator Hebe. Whatever it is, uh, he gave them some problems. But you're playing without Lavert Hill, without Quiddy Pay. No, it wasn't perfect by any stretch, but yeah, I, I, I the jury's out there. I, I think they've, I think this defense has shown enough in the last few weeks that I think that they're going to be okay. A guy at defense. Um, that continues to kind of be impressive to me, despite. Uh... Sorry, I'm just I'm I'm still going through the comments and stuff. You guys crack me up. Um, Jordan Glasgow keeps playing pretty well. For whatever reason, I think that this fan base has kind of rallied against him. For whatever, I think that they had it in their brains that he is uh, 
he was taking playing time away from Daxton Hill, which they don't even play the same position. Is he great in coverage? No. He's a weak side linebacker. Like that guy's the first guy off the field in, in nickel and dime situations and in, in most defenses. He's a nice little Swiss Army knife that plays really well. Plays hard. And I know people hate the, you know, plays hard, first guy in, last guy to leave type of stuff. I like how he plays football. And I think he's important. Is he in that best 11? Maybe. But he's always around the football. I don't have a problem with what he brings to the table. I think that's that's rather nitpicky. So... I'm going to go back to, uh, you know, I'm kind of just, this is based on the takeaways I wrote for the site. So feel free to kind of, um, you know, instead of me rambling, it's kind of more concise and and things like that. If you just go and read it. But I think, uh, you know, when I look at where they lost, and I I talked about it already, um, the two-minute drill stuff uh, where Michigan loses momentum. I thought it was when they, they started to play a little more conservative. And I think that, it can be the right call while also being what sort of took the wind out of their sails. That's what it looked like anyways. Like They keep saying this is going to be an aggressive and attacking offense, but I don't think I've seen a two-minute drill from them all year, quite frankly. Maybe one or two times, and, and there might have been some clock management issues there as well. I don't know. Nothing was memorable what concerns me what if you get into a tight game at Penn State next week and you need a big play they just don't have enough reps there and that's that's concerning so I don't know I've um, I'll put it this way so big picture what does Saturday mean I'll take the win you always take the win you'll take five and one hey they only need one more to get bowl eligible the schedule uh, as I pull it up here. I mean, obviously, you go to Penn State next week. After that, you get Notre Dame at home. After that, you go to Maryland, get a bye week, host Michigan State, go to Indiana, and then you host Ohio State at the end of the year. Six football games left. How many wins do you see here? I, I don't see them beating Penn State right now. I just don't. Notre Dame, I got to see what they do against USC. Maryland, I think you should win that game. Michigan State, if you don't win that game, if Michigan doesn't beat this Michigan State team this year, if you want to start calling for for head coaching jobs or you know a new head coach and things like that, you lose to that Michigan State team. I don't think I'm going to fight you on it because at that point you will have. There's a chance you have lost two more games and you go into that game at six and three. You lose that, you'd be six and four. Whew. I don't think anyone wants that. Indiana, I mean, if Matt Robinson gave you problems, Michael Penix might give you problems. Uh, 
on November 23rd in Bloomington where weird shit always happens to them there. Then Ohio State, like, we don't even get into it. Michigan's not even playing the same sport as them right now. None of these feel like gimmies coming up the next six weeks. Not one. And given that there were the expectations there were, and we're not going to keep you know harping on that because at this point you have to take things as they are, not as we'd like them to be. But it's still pretty eye-opening. You're feeling pretty good about yourselves right now, sitting at five and one. Man, oh man! I mean, I, I can't. Uh, you know, this feels like one of those. And I'm not comparing the coaches. It feels like a Rich Rod five and one. It feels like a Brady Hoke five and one. But these next six games are going to tell you everything you need to know. Three top 10 teams on your schedule. A rivalry game against a team that every time they play you and play you at your place, it is their Super Bowl. Might save a little bit of face for Mark D'Antonio. I have no idea what's going to happen there. So all last year, after that Ohio State game, we talked all offseason. It's not going to matter what Michigan does those first six weeks of the year. Look at that schedule down the stretch. Well, it's here. And what they've done has mattered. You always want to look. It's always, and this is, you know, as I wrap up here, I don't understand the pockets of fans that will be like oh, I'm so tired of this team only beating up on bad teams well I mean you'd rather beat up on a bad team than look like crap against a bad team today Saturday you beat up on a bad team and looked like crap for one quarter 25 straight points against this Illinois team is absolutely unacceptable And they'll give you the coach speak. Oh, we're happy how our guys fought and, and fought back. Guys, that this is the type of game that like a seven and five or eight and four team plays in. And if there's if you if there's a magical elixir or a magical switch to be flipped, I am all ears on what do you what you think that is. I don't think it at this point it's not it's not the quarterback stuff. I don't think that switch gets flipped until they lose another game or two. Because they're going to keep holding out hope that they can make up enough ground over these next five games that they'll be ready when the Buckeyes come to town. And quite honestly, your best chance of getting rolling here is that Shea Patterson maybe figures it out. But Dylan McCaffrey dressed on Saturday. It seems like early in the year they were they wanted to get both of them on the field. I'm ready to see what he can do. I am. You, know, you can be happy with a win and still acknowledge that, that what you're watching right now is not good enough. Whether it's a coach that's making $7.5 million a year or $750,000 a year. There are expectations at Michigan. We keep talking about lowering expectations, but you look at the resources they have available, you look at the talent they have, so much four-star, you know, so much blue-chip talent on that offensive side of the ball just, just being thrown out the door right now. 
Something is missing here. I don't know. We'll see what happens. These, these next, you know, you guys keep harping on, you know, beat a team that matters. Hey, you have a chance to do it this weekend. I don't care if Penn State gets, you know, I don't care what it takes. I don't care if you think Penn State is overrated. Some of those, you know, quote unquote, defining games of the Harbaugh era, you know, I think that kind of stuff is overblown. But if you have any shot, any shot, and I've said it for almost a month now, after that Wisconsin game, you needed to win these three games that you did and then go to Penn State and win. There's 75% there. And they won a game against a top five team or top 15 team last week. So I'll give them credit there. They've, you know, I certainly would hope they looked a little more inspiring. Giving you a little more evidence to think that they could go into Penn State and win. I don't think that they could. I feel the same way about that Penn State game right now than I did coming out of that Wisconsin game. And that's where I think the disappointment is. It's been a month with marginal improvement, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Defense, I think for the most part, they've figured it out. But if you're underwhelmed and you're not confident in in them winning that football game next week, I can't blame you for it. And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and think that they have a a chance to do it. I don't know. We are, uh, this is the critical stretch. So here we go. 42-25 winners uh, over Illinois for Michigan on Saturday. They're 5-1 and of the year, 3-1 and in the Big Ten. A lot of work to do. A lot of growing up to do in a week. Weren't, we were pretty unflappable uh, in response to struggles you had at, at a, in Illinois. It's a totally different beast when you go to Happy Valley. It's going to be another long week of discussions, another long week of uh, quarterback roulette among the fan base. Like we can't even can't even agree on which quarterback they want to see next. It's still there's the Milton Hive is still alive and well as well. So I don't know, guys. We'll see. I would expect Penn State to be. <sighs> I'll call my shot. I'll say the line will probably open at Penn State seven and a half. So we'll see. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Obviously follow the website at Maze and Brew. Like us, follow us. We're on all the social media networks you're on. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. You can subscribe to Maze and Brew Podcast. Uh, anywhere you get your shows, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Ron Megaphone, Ron the website. Next week, uh, night game. Probably the, the reaction podcast will definitely be ready for you for the morning. Always look forward to pulling my microphone out at, at 2 a.m. So, um, But for myself, for the website, I'm Anthony Broom. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see what happens next week. Talk to you soon.